In today's social climate, opinions are a dime a dozen. Social media is now the way to express the deepest resources of your mind. Often, these opinions are raw and unfiltered, with as much thought being put into these posts as it takes to type out 280 characters. However, the art of speech has not yet died. It lives on here at Penn State University. This is Yappy Valley. I'm your host today, Will Price. In this program, we're going to talk about the art of spoken word and its prominence here at Penn State. You will hear about a poet with an uncommon background. Today's story is about a man who had dreams of wrestling for Penn State University. So my name is Davon Clark. I'm a senior uh, studying English with a minor in planetary sciences here at Penn State. He had a passion that he once feared how people would view him if they knew his secret. You see, he was a poet, but only to himself. I wrote like poetry low-key in high school and middle school. I started in seventh grade, um, but I like wanted to be like this jock, so like I never really admitted nothing, um, unless I was trying to be like a soft boy and be like, hey, like I write poems, you know, like just on some dumb stuff. He was not ready for the spotlight, but his time would come soon. He just needed the right push to get there. That push came in high school. A friend of mine, Sabrina Slavchenko, back in high school, she was really, really good at slam. So I went to a slam with her and I was like, wow. And she was like, yeah, you gotta do it. Like, you know, it's really fun. I'm like, nah, that ain't me. But like, she dragged me out anyway to the next slam. Little did she know, this is the moment when things started to change. She invoked something in him that he couldn't see in himself until it was his time to shine. The day came, he got up on stage. He had his poem ready, but he was unrefined and his performance was less than stellar. And I did it during like the open mic portion instead of like the competition portion. And like, I just like was reading off my paper and I was just like, blah, 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 blah. like I just like word vomited. Like it was not a good performance at all. Like it was terrible. I was shaking. Like it was no good, but it felt like so like freeing, you know, like it felt like this, this opportunity to finally like be, be transparent, be vulnerable, be able to like have a connection with these people without fear of what's going to come next. Um, I think I had that fear before I performed for the first time, but like while I was performing, I was like, wow, like in the same way that the performers who went before me and who I've been watching are like sharing their space and sharing their times with me so that I know I'm not alone, I'm now able to do the same for someone else. That moment on stage was a catalyst, the start of a new story. He came to Penn State, and when he did, he heard something that struck a chord with him. So I first found out about words back in uh, my first semester, um, which was fall 2013. I originally came here to be a walk-on for the wrestling team, and I was going through that process. And um, I was walking through Pollock just to meet up with some friends, and I just happened to see, um, it was um, Lambda Sigma Upsilon and Mu Sigma Upsilon. They, um, they host this event called I Slam Therefore I Am. And um, so I was just walking by, and I was like, oh, I've been to a couple of poetry slams back in um, high school and everything, you know. Just seemed like something cool to really drop in. It was towards the end of the semester, and like it was packed. Like it was, there was mad people. And um, a poet named Jerry Johnson, who just graduated from here, she's getting her MFA out in uh, Cali right now. Um, but she was performing, and she, like, I don't know how she did it, but, like, she really, like, pulled me into her narrative. You know, like, she was doing this uh, poem called The Dreamless Streets of Northern Philadelphia. And um, I'm from North and everything. I'm from North Philly. And, like, it was the first time I really identified with something here on campus, you know. And um, so I was like, what is, like, you know, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? And at that point, they were just, like, the slam team or whatever. But, um... So yeah, the next semester I hopped on with them, joined them and everything, and it was just fun. 
you know, so it just, it kind of took over. I, I stopped pursuing wrestling for it and everything. You know, it's, it's just fun. That's my family and everything, so. After that day, he put his wrestling dreams on hold. Then he picked up a pen and a pad. He needed allies in this journey of awakening. Luckily, Penn State had a group of vocal warriors. Penn State Words. Penn State Words, which is writers organized to represent diverse stories. So Words started off back in 2013 um, under Aline Contreras uh, as um, it was like the Penn State like uh, slam poetry team or like poetry slam team. And um, after a while, uh, me and some other people um, in bringing words back to campus, like really giving like an, um, a reinvigorated light, we turned into like a general organization that was for like creative writing in general. Um, so short stories, plays, songs, you know, whatever it might be, we had um, writers from all different corners of campus come through. And um, we wanted to like give a space to like meet with other writers so we can have like, um, what's the word, like, cross-disciplinary like engagement and everything so instead of only chilling with poets now i'm chilling with like not like people who are trying to write novels now i'm chilling with comedians now i'm chilling with journalists so like i can really like figure out how to add different dynamics to my work you know um and that's kind of what it's evolved into it's evolved into like also this uh this this cultural space where um there's almost an expectation that like when you come into here this allows you to like have a place to tell your story whatever it might be Speech is an art form. The importance of speech and being a good speaker is ingrained within our society. Words have extraordinary power, but it is a skill that has to be refined in order to become powerful. Why else would Penn State force us all to take CAS 100? It's not to torture us in front of 20 classmates that you'll never speak to again. Rather, they realize that speech is a tool that when used correctly, can inspire the meek and be the beginning of movements. Therein lies why Penn State Words is so important. They use diverse stories and inquisitive wordplay that makes you think. That makes you think not only as an audience member, but also as a performer. Writing and performing is a form of self-expression and actualization. What I'm seeing right now is like, words is kind of becoming a space for, for marginalized folk, um, which has its like ups and downs, but like either way, it's like really unique in that, um, I haven't seen any other like arena where where um people can come with these stories. It's just really cool to like finally have a place where like I don't have an excuse to be ignorant. You know, like there you go in there and like me being a black cis hetero man, like, you know, I, I have my certain lifestyle, right? But like that's not the same as the person next to me. Or you know, even if there is like another black cis het man, like I still don't have the same experience as him. You know, so it becomes like this way where like, I have to go into this space and be like open-minded and finding out like what's going on around me. Words takes pride in creating dialogues that not many people on campus talk about. They have performers from all different backgrounds, different stories and different experiences on campus. On this journey, Devon learned things about himself and how others identify. Words has a unique use of pronouns at their performances in an effort of transparency with their audience. It's just a part of transgender awareness um, because, you know, like, I mean, me, again, I'm cishet, and um, cishetero means, like, um, well, cisgendered means, like, that you, like, ascribe to whatever gender you were assigned at birth. Um, and, like, now, now seeing, like, we have, like, more visibility for those other communities, one of those being, like, transgender people, and that's an important thing. And also, like, even beyond that, even if you are cisgendered, like, this becomes a way to like really grapple with like how you assign yourself and what things you ascribe to. So like, 
I my pronouns are he him his right like I feel masculine um I was born and assigned like masculinity um but then that makes me think like all right so what goes into me like being like a quote-unquote man you know right like so me when they come around and say like how do you think of yourself like what what pronouns do you take on who like what space you take up I'm like wow you know like what does that do for me it's not just a way to say like I'm not trans but it's a way to say like I am a man but what kind of man am I you know and it kind of starts that conversation within ourselves August 11th or 12th of this year, the town of Charlottesville, Virginia was turned upside down like Hawkins, Indiana. However, instead of demogorgons, Unite the Right rioters took to the streets as if Frankenstein had just arrived into town. All this in order to protect the statue of Robert E. Lee. You know, Robert E. Lee, former Confederate general, the same Confederates that fought to keep the institution of slavery alive in the United States during the Civil War. These riots resulted in many getting injured and the loss of one Heather Hare, a counter-protester. With racist chants, these men and women marched through the streets. Most people would say that they were using hate speech, but they were counter with their First Amendment rights to freedom of speech. It really makes you wonder, what's the difference between free speech and hate speech? The big delineation between free speech is hate speech, or free speech and hate speech, is when your diction or your word choice starts to become like targeted, you know, um, in a way that is not just impeding, but like is violent against someone else. Um, so like for me to say like, you know, I think like you're stupid or something, like, I mean, it, it hurts, you know, and it's definitely gonna like affect you, but it's not institutionally damaging you. Whereas like to say like, I think X race is superior to Y race, or like I think this identity is better than this identity. I think that's when you start trotting into that territory. And then once your your language starts either like creating agency for like that for for an identity as opposed to a different identity, I think that's when it becomes hate speech. Like once you start um like pushing for that violence to become a thing, that's when it becomes hate speech rather than just free speech. Instead of you just saying like, Well, I think, you know, once you say like this should our words hold important precedence today. That's why people are either extremely guarded with what they say, or they just let loose. Either way, they recognize that their words hold a power that people have been aware of since the dawn of modern language. If this were not the case, every time number 45 tweets something inflammatory, no one would care. In fact, he might not even be the president if his rhetoric wasn't so powerful. Being fully aware of this, Devon and Penn State words have used their platform in a positive way. Even if they don't have a following of millions, it doesn't make what they do any less important. Performing spoken word is a daunting task. It takes hours of practice and memorization. You don't always strike gold when writing, but you never know what will inspire you. I write every day, um, just because like that's that's frankly what like keeps me alive. You know, um, being able to like consciously process these things that we're all going through. Um, and that can be about anything. It's not like I'm always writing some like depressing ass like you know. Um, you know sometimes I'm writing about like and I had this one about like comparing reparations to uh, to fried chicken. You know like because it got me mad as hell when they had fried chicken at West Commons and it wasn't seasoned. And I'm like, this is bull. Like if there's anything I'm facing, like I, I don't care about the teacher. I don't, I don't care about my professors being dickheads. I don't care about this supremacist who just sent me a death threat. Like I care that I can't come here and get some good food after a long day. You know like so it's just I'm always writing. You know I'm always writing every day at least a thousand words. 
Um, and, and like dead ass though, because like they're gonna send the death threats anyway, you know. But like, give me some fried chicken to deal with it. Um, and just it like so. <laughs> as far as like what comes into like a formalized piece, usually it's just like something I feel like needs to be like something within me will tell me like it needs to be shared, and then like. Then it goes into like, do I want this to be published? Like, do I want this to be like to live on the paper, like on a paper, or do I want to like perform this? You know, like different things will like sound and like feel different. So that's how like I'll make the delineation of like this will probably be something that like I perform. This will be something I want to put in a book or like publish somewhere online. Um, and then from there, like it just becomes like a matter of like what's important. Like, what do I, what have I needed to perform lately? What have I needed to like put in a book together lately? And all those things. It just comes down to like. I mean, like, it's just like any other job, you know? I treat it just like how I treated wrestling before I like, came over, like, you know, you drill you drill a double leg takedown, like, 200 times a day or something like that, and then you drill a single leg takedown 200 times the next day, but when you go into a match, you don't know which one you're gonna use. You know, you're gonna use which one that you need to, and it's the same thing with poetry, you know? Like, I practice every day to make sure that in the moments when, like, it is vital for those things to be shared, they are shared in the best way possible so I can have that communication with the people around me. If we can learn anything from today's story, it's that we all have a voice. How will you use yours? Smiling, he starts, life pushed. He wears his mother so well on his face that no one can tell the difference. We call this genealogy. A sun only holds its worth by the world that holds it. The light bleeds into the horizon at dawn and sips its life back when mom comes home from work. Another boy killed himself today. He was a good son. He held the world in a basketball and was seeing a therapist. His schoolmates only knew others' blood and never, never their own. He's harmonized in church on not enough Sundays. My mother sees this and still trusts the sun to come back with the dew. We call this a family tree. The roots never know when a branch falls. Another boy killed himself today. He was a good son. He wrote poetry. He wrote himself into poems. And he died into a poem. He was all syllable and syntax and unfinished stanzas. He made it to 23. My mother hears this and still believes in tomorrows and birthdays. We call this a garden. Life only comes at the thanks of last breaths and dust. Another boy killed himself today. He is a good son. He writes poems about wanting to play basketball. He can't afford therapy sessions, but he's laid back into a notebook and talked to himself for hours. He is a good son. He is good. He is a son. He is. I want to take the time to thank Devon Clark and Penn State Words, as well as Katie O'Toole and the rest of my podcasting class for this podcast. <laughs>